G'day punters, welcome to episode 30 of the Shit Dad Podcast, where we celebrate our big man blunders because we're all in the same boat when it comes to fatherhood. I'm Nick, married father of three, and I went to buy some camouflage pants yesterday, but I couldn't find any. <laughs> hey. Oh, well done. I'm Dave, married father of one, and I've uh, come to realise that you don't know how many people you don't like until you're naming your baby. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Some Susie's in there. Yep. Uh, I'm Cam, father of a three-year-old and an almost two-year-old, and I'm staring down the barrel of at least seven days at home in isolation. Uh, my wife just tested positive for COVID, so that's why I'm dialing in online, and that's why I'm trying to get some advice from everyone of things to do. How good. <laughs> we'll, um, we'll, we'll retouch on some of the, um, the advice that we had from my, my – not – well, let's say colourful week in isolation. <laughs> <laughs> now, this week we are chatting to some very special guests uh, who are at the core of an amazing cause, David and Ben, co-founders of the Men's Table Organisation. So welcome, guys. Uh, we'd love you to give us your best Shit Dad podcast introduction for yourself. Thanks. Thanks, Cam. Yeah, great to be here. Um, don't know how much you want. Do you want a story yet or just a quick intro? It's good to uh, be... Connecting with some younger dads. My kids are 27 and 20, almost 24 next week. Um, so it's a while ago since they were little, but uh, chatting with you guys uh, brings back a lot of good memories about having young kids and being a shit dad at times. <laughs> I love it, David. Cheers. Awesome. <laughs> Shall I? Is it, <clears throat> what we do is kind of serious stuff, but I've got a cracking shit dad story I can tell. Straight away, if you like. <laughs> so uh, I was a, I was in the wine industry for a long time and um, involved in the wine industry. It's a fair bit of drinking, so we go out and entertain our clients. And I was entertaining uh, the biggest client, and I had to pick my son up from daycare at um, six o'clock Bondi Junction in Sydney. I had to pick him up. So we got about half past five. We were drinking in the city and quick ride in a taxi back to Bondi Junction <clears throat> and I'm starting to feel a little bit queasy so things aren't going very well and by the time I reach the side of the daycare centre I couldn't hold anything in so I vomited all down the side of the daycare centre and all I can remember was a South African woman shouting going Daniela Daniela Get away from that nasty man. Get away from that nasty man. <laughs> All I can remember. Anyway, I turned up and uh, I got my son and uh, we got a taxi back home. And uh, that was that's not one of my finest moments. I have to say, but it, but it pretty much was a very shit dad moment. Ben, that is some world-class shit daddery and we are all about it. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> well, it's great to have you both here and um, we're really excited to share the story of the men's table. But first, we always like to kick it off with a few dad jokes. So I'm going to kick it off today because I think you guys will like this one. Um, how many ears does Spock have from Star Trek? He's got three. The left, the right, and the final frontier. <laughs> 
that is good. That is good. Um, just uh, something, learned something at school in this last couple of weeks, boys. Anything with Velcro, it's a rip-off. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you guys write your own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, went, I went for a bit of a dirty one this week. Uh, what's the difference between a genealogist and a gynecologist? A genealogist looks up the family tree. A gynecologist looks up the family bush. Shocker. <laughs> I, I saw that and I could not include it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. That's uh, gold. I've got, I've got one off the back of that then, Cam. If you're going there, um, to just a quick one. What's the difference between a magician's wand and a policeman's baton? Oh, yeah. One's used for cunning stunts. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Oh. Well played. Well played. Well, look, guys, again, thank you very much for, for coming on. Um, as we mentioned a little bit before the show, this month we've been pushing the topic of mental wellness. Um, and what a month we've had. Um, how good has it been to hearing some of the great stories from our listeners all about how they look after themselves mentally, a little bit physically, um, through our gym chats. Um, and obviously, listeners, you can't see at the moment, but the two lads here, Cam and Nick, how well they're going with their smashing fibres, uh, smashing goals. It's um, it's great to see, but it seems like their kegs they're losing is all coming to me at the moment. Um, so let's um, let's not forget that mental wellness, mental wellness is directly related to how we feel physically. Definitely. So let's not uh, forget about smashing our goals. Keep smashing goals with smashing fibres along to our, our sponsors. Go to uh, their website, Love and it. if you chuck in to the promo, uh, new promo this week. Oh, yeah, I exclusive. Promo is free shit. One so word to buy one get one free. So listeners, get out there. Exclusive to us, free shit. All one word. Buy one to get one free. F R R. Wait, not R R. F R E E S H I T. No, so, and again, as we said, thanks very much, Blads, for, for coming on to us. I'm, I'm going to pass you on to Cam to, to start the interview. All right, let's get stuck in. Um, so, yes, we've, we've got our guest dialing in from Tasmania and Sydney today. Is that right, guys? That's right. Yeah. Excellent. Um, yeah, so first of all, obviously, um, you guys, as mentioned, are part of the men's table. I actually found out about you guys through... Um, one of my clients at work and she mentioned the good work you'd been doing and the fact that uh, it'd be worth reaching out and having a chat. So I guess, first of all, we'd love it if you could tell us about yourselves as, as men and, and fathers and, and just get stuck into telling us the story about the men's table. So how did it come about? Uh, what is it? And kind of uh, what's the plan for it in the future? Well, I'll, I'll kick off and that, that client of yours would be the lovely dad up in Queensland. So, uh, good day, Deb. Hope you're listening. Shout out to Deb. Shout out to Deb and Dell, boy. Um, yeah, so how it all started was back in 2011, life was pretty pretty shit for me. I've been through a very destructive divorce. Um, I was self-employed and my head was just going all over the place. I was at a business networking meeting trying to drum up some business. And at the end of that meeting, I talked to two guys. And I basically told them my story. I said, oh, this is going on for me. This, this is what's happened for me. I was very open and very vulnerable about what I was talking about. And what happened next was they just turned around and said, mate, 
we know exactly how you feel. We feel exactly the same way. And I thought in that moment, I thought, what's just happened here? Why do I hear a lot of men telling me their story? And I realized it's probably because I tell my story. I'm pretty open and, you know, I'm an open book. I'll tell you how I feel. I'm either, you know, I'm quite easy to read around those kind of things. Um, and I thought there's something in this. So I'd opened the door of vulnerability. I'd made myself vulnerable and it offered, allowed them to walk back through it. And they told me their story. So the next week at that business networking meeting, I stood up and said, I'm going to start a men's group. Who's in? And we started meeting in June 2011 in a private room in a restaurant. We'd have a cheap Italian meal. And we started talking about the highs and lows of our lives. <clears throat> and in that time, we heard absolutely everything. So, um, you know, divorce, separation, reconciliation, marriage, birth, death, the whole thing just came out on the table. And, um, yeah, we met for seven and a half years until 2000, early 2019 when David gave me a call and said, we need to do more of this. We need to do something for men. And I might kind of hand the baton over to David there. Mm, yep. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for the question, Cam. You talked about also uh, being a dad. Uh, so I'm going to wind back a bit from where Ben just left off. Um, yeah, been a dad for 20, uh, 27 years. But um, it's it's like yesterday, just going right back to the start. I remember when Zach was born, uh, we did it in a birthing suite in Adelaide. And uh, it was about 6 o'clock he came out. By about 8 o'clock, we were bloody knackered. And uh, both collapsed in the bed. All, all three of us collapsed in, the, in a double bed in, in, a, in the hospital, in a birthing suite. It was amazing. So I woke up about midnight. And I just almost rolled over and suddenly it's like, oh my God, there's like this new living thing, you know, between me and my wife. And it was an amazing experience. I just had this incredible rush of obviously love, but like a real powerful sense of responsibility. Like, wow, I am with this, you know, this thing, this human for the rest of my life. It was an amazing uh, moment. And I, I love being a dad. I, you know, one of the things is they got a bit older and, um, you know, started to push back and, you know, have their own opinions and all of that. I really started to realize these guys are the best mirrors and the best teachers I'm ever going to get, you know, in terms of just challenging me. I remember one time, I think it was my daughter was about 11, and um, I said something to her and she goes, Dad, you're such a hypocrite. Like, you know, just nails me and I'm looking at it and it, I've just, you got me, you know, <laughs> I've got nothing here. And it was just a moment of being called into account, you know, very powerful. So I've got a lot of fond memories of um, fatherhood and um, and still do, obviously, because they're just at a different stage of life. Um, but to weave that into the story and where Ben left off, uh, I'd grown up in Adelaide, so all my mates were over there, moved to Sydney just as we were starting a business. And also had uh, Zach, he was like eight months old. So it was just let's go. I've got to build a business, raise a family. So all the men that I met in my life were potential clients. And, and so what I ended up with was a very transactional way of dealing with other men in, in my life. I didn't have those close confidence, those men who I could really, like what Ben was just saying, let my, uh, my guard down and really just show you know who I was. Um, and I think I'd been raised with that as well. You know, you don't show weakness. Uh, I, I really bought into that. I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want to, you know, have tears, all that sort of stuff. So when Ben uh, sort of stood up and said, oh, you know, I want to have a men's group who's in, I was like, yeah, I'm in that. 
and then yeah, seven and a half years later, we uh, we started talking, and we've um, we've taken this out. We we worked out, you know, uh, well, basically, we learned a lot from that first table, and we wrote a few things down with the help of the men from our table about, you know, how does a men's table actually work, and we shared that with other other blokes, and they said we want to do this, we want to have a table, so. Um, we had uh, 15 tables by the end of the first year. That was the end of 2019. Um, and then end of last year, 21, we finished with 48 tables. We've now got 52. Um, so things have been growing pretty quickly. And we've been meeting a lot of men who've been telling us, you know, that this is important and that there's needs there that they've got. That's, uh, that's fantastic. Um, what, what are the type of people that usually join the tables? You know, are they, are they different? different ages or, you know, different, obviously, it's a local kind of community focus. How does that all work? Um, right now, our youngest member is 19. So, you know, he's a bit of an outlier. Uh, our oldest member is a very sage 90-year-old. Uh, we've got everything in between. Uh, our biggest group of men is between 40 and 50. Um, but we've got a whole heap of, you know, whole heap of young fathers. You know, that's, that's often that trigger point. For, for men to come and join a table. Um, and men join a table for numerous different reasons. There's all kinds of different reasons. So that to be in a community, men do tend to isolate and can become quite lonely. And if you look around, so our tagline is, we don't just talk about footy and shit. It's because quite often men will just talk about footy and shit. And that's not enough for a lot of men. So men will come because they feel quite isolated. Some of them might come because they're having a bit of a wobble. They've got something going on in their life. It might be a divorce. It might be retirement. It could be becoming a new father. There's some something that's changed in their life that is the trigger. Some men come because they want to support. They want to give back to the community of men and, and support men, but also be supportive themselves. So there's numerous different reasons why men come. Hey, Ben. I've... I just, just, well, I just quickly yes, finish that. The problem we often find with men is they only realize that they're going to come and sit at the table when something goes wrong. And that, that you know, and it shouldn't be like that. Definitely. Totally get on board with that. Um, I do have one question. We have brought up on this podcast before about um, men who are naturally introverted. They don't like talking about their feelings and, and what's going on in their life, whether it be good or bad. But the way to get them talking um, is to talk about something that they like, whether it be footy or and or shit, as your T-shirt says. What are your thoughts on that? There's um, one of the guidelines at the tables is you don't have to share; you can just listen. So yeah, you know, some guys come along and it's it's a big change for them to swing out and start talking about what's really going on for them. So they just they'll take it easy. There's no judgment about now. You've got to drop your heart on your sleeve here. Um, you know, even at our first table, MC1, you know, we had I mean, someone like Ben who's just completely open book, everything's out on out on his sleeve. Other guys, you know, take a long time to, to, to get confidence to start feeling like, you know what, I'm actually going to bring something up now. And it's everything in between. So, you know, we, we, we don't say, look, yeah, just talk about, you know, uh, superficial stuff until you feel comfortable. But no, at a men's table, this is where you actually talk about real stuff, but you don't have to until you're ready, you know? So we had a situation only a year or so ago, one of the guys in our table, 
One month. Uh, look, don't really feel like I want to talk much tonight, guys. Okay, fair enough. Next month, the same thing. And we know each other pretty well. We're like brothers, right? And then the third month comes. Guys, you notice I've been a bit quiet the last couple of months. I've been mulling over a whole bunch of stuff. I'm ready to go. I want to get, get this off my chest. And away he went. So, you know, people are processing stuff as well and don't always want to put it out there. So you said you meet monthly. Um, roughly how many blokes are there? What's the kind of, you, you know, is it always over kind of lunch or dinner? How, how does it all work when you're actually um, meeting up with each other? We make it as simple as possible for men. So we take the same day of the month, so the third Tuesday or the fourth Wednesday, whatever it is, same place, same time. So it's the same group of men who meet. So a table is a dozen men. So you slowly, you'll get to know them a lot better. They have a cheap meal, and there's something about having a bit of food in front of men. If you want to get men talking, put some food in front of them. They're Ribs. <laughs> so, you know, it's the same men, same place, same time, and we run to a bit of a set format, start at 7 o'clock sharp, and you finish at around 9 o'clock. There's no kicking on what's happened at the table. You know, you, t- you take that home and you think about it. So it's, it's pretty much a simple, it's a very simple format. Um, we run to a few fundamentals, which are confident, you know, some of the key ones are confidentiality, um, you know, commitment to turn up nine out of the 12. And the big one is no fixing. And no fixing is actually about the ability to sit and listen to somebody else's story without saying, you know what you should do, mate. You know what you should do. So no fixing, just sit and listen. That's an amazing concept. Isn't that hard? Yeah. Because- yeah. Yeah, many people would just naturally try and do that. So that, that do you find people are you know trying to restrain themselves from fixing? Yeah, mo- most most guys struggle with that. We all do. You know, we all want to jump in because we feel like help. it's going to take the other person's pain away. You know, you know something pops into our head. But what happens is that as soon as you're talking about whatever's going on, and I'm starting to think I've got a solution for you, I've stopped listening to you, and now I'm listening to myself. And I'm just waiting for you to take a breath so I can get in there. Um, and also, you know, a lot of life's challenges. I mean, yeah, sometimes it's a quick fix. Like, geez, you know, my, my daughter's not sleeping. You know, we've done this and we've done that. Maybe, you know, they've just been to Priscillian or something. They've got a few solutions. That, But a lot of stuff that are being talked about is, is not just, um, you know, a practical matter of life. It's relationships. It's issues with parents. It's issues with, um, you know, marriages. It's they're complex things. You're not going to just come up with an answer on the spot and, and sort the guy out. That's, Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And then it answers my question that was when I was coming on up, that was what was that guideline, no fixing? So, and you guys answered it perfectly. It's great. I actually think no fixing should be a thing in general life, hey? Like a lot yeah. of people should practice it a lot more, <laughs> not just at the men's table. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is funny, like, because it does – transfer over and we know we get men who say in their, in their life they're better listeners so they will actually you know they might take that home they might be better listeners with their partners their wives or it, generally with their kids they'll sit and listen to what's actually going on before they jump into that solution that's great we have we have spoken about it oh, probably you know episodes ago like oh, I'm a teacher a little bit of background same yes the, the the problems that a 10 year old comes to me with, you know, but in their world it is. And that's something I try to start taking on myself too. Like I'm not here. I'm like, tell me the problem. I'm, it's no guarantee I'm going to fix it, but I can listen to you guys. And then once that time, mm. and as a 10 year old, once they, as it does sometimes take a lot longer than for them to 
I guess, self-regulate and, you know, understand that, you know, in the scheme of things, that problem in the handball square is not, you know, not the end of the world. Um, but, you know, I've, I've tried to take that too in, in my relationship, you know, my relationship, my uh, with my family, my two brothers and sister and stuff like that. So, yeah, guys, I, th- I think it's great. And like Nick said, everyone needs to do probably a little bit more of it and just listen. So, I'm going to call what, you up every time are, you fix now. <laughs> just going to make it my life's work. Hey! Stop yep. fixing. Yep, I saw that post. Get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one one of the things that just off the back of what you said there, Dave, is I just think uh, people feeling really heard. You know, if if somebody feels really heard, they're going to just feel better in themselves. They're going to feel more trusting. They're going to get to know themselves better. Feel more confident. It is. I, I agree with what Nick said. I just think if we were all listening better. And, and certainly as parents, you know, how many times we're, we're busy, we're flat out, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing all the answers, but we're not actually listening to them. It's, uh, I think it's a great challenge as a parent to really stop and listen to our kids. That's this week's, this week's homework for me. I don't know yeah. you guys. Yep, definitely. <laughs> so um, one of the things that you, we saw, like kind of doing a bit of research about you guys, your approaches around healthy men, healthy, healthy masculinities, healthy communities. And something that we've even spoken to a few guests in the past recently about is this idea of like modern masculinity. What does the modern man look like? Uh, one of one of our previous guests worked for Triple M uh, in the radio network there, and obviously that's something that is inherently quite a blokey station. But they're trying to challenge some of those norms. Um, yeah, really interested to hear, hear. I guess what do you what do you mean by that? What does healthy men, healthy masculinity, healthy communities mean to you guys? So as we, we say masculinities, we just don't say masculinities. So as, are, as, as many men as there are on the planet, there are different types of masculinities. So we, we hear a lot at the moment about, we're hearing about toxic masculinity. <clears throat> um, and we know there is, there's a problem going on for men at the moment, but it tends to be a little bit hidden. And it can be hidden behind that phrase toxic masculinity, which I think is, is a bit of a cul-de-sac of a conversation. If somebody says to me, toxic masculinity, I'm like, where am I going to go with this? So we knew there was a crisis for men, but we, we thought that what we were doing wasn't being heard. So healthy men, healthy masculinities, healthy communities is a direct kind of answer to, to what's going on, and, but putting a real positive spin on masculinity. And we know there are men that do terrible things. We, we will always acknowledge that there's a, you know, there's terrible things that go on, but that's not all of us. We wanted to shine a light on the positivity around masculinity. So healthy masculinity, and that might be different for a lot of different people, but certainly vulnerability and opening up is part of that healthy masculinity. You know, we talk a little bit about what are called restrictive male norms, and that's the way that men think they should be that often is that stoic kind of behavior that doesn't help any men. Our research shows, and we've been commissioned twice by the National Mental Health Commission, our research shows that if a man comes to sit at a table, it will have a direct effect on people in his life, up to three or four people in his life. And when I sat at a table a couple of nights ago, one of the guys was talking about how he was now having a different relationship with his son, his 22-year-old son, and having a different type of conversation with him. And we hope that healthy masculinity has been part of that and and what we do. Saying all that, 
David might have a slightly different view because, you know, that we have different views about masculinities because we all have different types of masculinities. I'll just build on the healthy communities piece. Um, I think uh, aligned to what Ben's just said, there's also other forces at play in the world. You know, the, the materialist, uh, you know, advertising-driven world is just driving us all to be uh, consumers and individualists, you know, just get what you need and don't worry about anyone else. And that, that can erode that sense that we are connected and we are all part of something bigger. Um, I guess that's what you guys are trying to foster, right, with your, with your podcast is a sense that we're all connected through our fatherhood, you know, and the experiences that we have as dads. Um, that sense of belonging to something bigger than ourselves, it might be a bit of an old-fashioned value, but I think, you know, where we, we sit, we reckon it's still really essential part of, of a healthy society is for people to feel connected to something more than themselves and where it's a give and take. You, you know, you're not just there for yourself. You're there for others as well. And that's one of the basic things about a men's table is the men are showing up for themselves, but they are also there to sit and to listen to the others. That's an act of care, an act of support. So uh, we, we think uh, that what we're doing feeds into maybe some of those um you know, fairly traditional, but you know, earthy values about just let's let's have community in our lives. Let's feel like we've got a sense of belonging to something more than ourselves. We've touched on that um, with a, a a number of our previous guests, which is amazing that it links in with what you guys are saying because it's all sort of linking towards being a better father. Um, I'd be interested to know um, how you guys would link toxic masculinity or an unhealthy masculinity um, as a father compared to a healthy masculinity as a father? Or is that too? No, no, I'll pick up on that one. I mean, you know, like Ben said, we're all going to have our own view. But straight away, what what came to mind was the story I shared before with my daughter. Dad, you're such a hypocrite. You know, like a, a toxic fatherhood would, you know, give them a clip across the ear. You know, don't speak to me like that. When actually, when I stopped and reflected, and I'm maybe I sound like I'm talking myself up here. It's an example that's a bit current in my mind but the idea was I had to reflect and self-reflect and go you know what she's right I was in that moment whatever I'd said to her I hadn't just done myself and so I think self-reflection willingness to be honest and wrong there are at least a few of the qualities that I think are important as healthy men to, to model to our kids we don't always have to have our shit together we don't always have to know you know there were times where as uh, as my business was going through challenges and stuff I would share it at the table and, and just say, I, I'm really struggling at the moment, you know, and it's affecting my, you know, me, but it's also going to affect us as a household. And I, I feel really bad because I want to be able to provide to you guys. They, they could see that, you know, I was just being honest and real, I guess, rather than just trying to hold this image that I've got it all together. So, you know, I think that that's just one lens on, on your question. Just being open and vulnerable in exactly what David said, just being honest and just let let your children see you cracks and all. Not all the cracks maybe, but you know, you know, just see that there is there is a human being in there. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, that is great. I have written down probably about five different notes a to bring into my own life with my wife and um, and my daughter and expected number two in about two weeks but um, as I said as a teacher in, yeah thanks guys. Um, but into my community in my classroom as well like you mm. said that sense of community yeah. is that give and take 
Um, and then also too, you know, thinking as well, me myself, I've got to be able to be vulnerable and show them that I, I have cracks as well. Like I'm so literally my notes are just scribbling all over here guys. So I really appreciate what you're giving to, to, you know, everyone, our listeners, but especially what I'm taking out of it too. So again, thanks very much. Why, why do you guys, why do you guys think that men are reluctant to share their feelings? Just do you think just what you're saying before about um, do you think it's mainly because of um, needing to be seen as holding their shit together or is there something else in that? I heard about an amazing little social study that was done some uni somewhere. Um, they had uh, a, a little a toddler one dressed in uh, pink um, and they'd somehow orchestrate it or there's a situation where they're likely to trip over. And then, you know, the, the people would rush in like a, you know, a passing person, get them on their feet, dust them down, make sure they're okay. And then they'd dress them in blue and, um, and away they go. They timed how long it would take before there was disconnection from the, <clears throat> the adults to the child. And it was like multiple times longer for the child when she was a girl than a boy. In other words, you're a boy back on your feet, away you go, sort it out. Yeah. The girl, you know, the care, the affection, the love. And we, we get, if, if those signals are there in the culture from when we're very young, we're learning. You've got to just sort yourself out. You can't be crying. You can't be down. You can't be broken. And I think there's a whole lot of layers of almost unconscious um, patterns in our in our society that tell blokes, you know, you've got to be able to do it yourself. Um, and then we see it in the play yard, don't we? You know, it's the dog-eat-dog, dog, the alpha male kid walks in, everyone looks down, everyone clears out. So we get we get it all the way through our growing up, and I, I think it's a, a very deeply rooted set of patterns. How do we change that? Do you think just individually? It, it's got to be individually because that's where a community starts. The community starts with one person doing something, and then it you know you, so you that changes the community. Well, you have to form that community first. But you have to, you know, what we found with the men's table is um, we've actually found <laughs> multiple things that we've discovered. But one thing that's started to really emerge is what we have here is a place where people are able to talk without judgment, without guilt, without any, you know, anybody really having, saying something. So if we can just start allowing people to talk about what's going on and giving them the space to be heard, I think that's a really good start. If men can can do that, you know, but it only takes one alpha male. We've all been all been in a group of men. We've all been a group of men, whatever it is, four, six, eight men. It only takes one alpha male asshole to be there and they can destroy the whole trust. And and it you know, it, it that's all it takes. So I think to a certain extent it's our role also to make sure that the men who are, who are creating a bad name for us don't get the airtime, aren't, aren't in the conversation. You know, the stupid comments that come out, the belittling, the bullying, the sexist comment, all that kind of stuff is ignored. It's not played into because that does huge damage. Not not just we hear the damage it does to women, but it also does a huge amount of damage to men as well. Because it just stifles the whole conversation. 
Mm. You know, and there is a place to talk about footy and shit, but we also really need that place where we can talk about what's really going on. And that's how you start the conversation and that's how you start a healthy community. Great, yeah. Is that, would you say the, um, that would be the, to- the alpha males bringing the toxic masculinity? Yeah, well, we don't, we try to stay away from that label because as Ben said, it's, it's a label that easily attaches and then just invokes pol- polarity yeah. and a whole lot of people get charged. But yeah, it's, it's the unhelpful behaviors that, you know, may, maybe we're, we're trying to, well, we're at tables, we know men are, are unlearning, you know, they're unlearning those old ways and learning new ways just by, by being in the practice of sitting with others and, and also just seeing a bloke, you know, be able to be open and just get some shit out that he's maybe been sitting on for his whole life. You know, men at the table share stuff and they say to us, I've never shared that with anyone and it's out and it's, it's an emotional release. For someone to see that, that's powerful. That, that wakes them up. It's like, oh, yeah, it's actually pretty good to be able to do that, isn't it? You know, that's, that's helpful as well. So the role modelling from others is a part of this as well. Awesome. Um, now... We're a Queensland-based um, podcast, and I'm just wondering if the three of us were inclined to um, to get involved, which I know that I'm definitely interested. Um, how's the the Queensland community going? Have we um, do we have a big showing in Queensland? We actually don't. We it's one state we haven't yet got a table. Uh, although yesterday I got a call from a guy from uh, one of our very early tables. He's got a holiday home in Bribie Island. Uh, and I got an email. This, uh, he said, I've got some men interested. And I, he sent us an email tonight saying, yep, we've got our first table likely to start up here. Um, for no particular reason. We just, you know, we've had a few Queensland men come through. They've done one of our info nights, our entrees. Um, but as yet, we haven't got any tables. So we're really keen to see some tables get going. So uh, awesome. let's go with the, the, uh, the, the Shit Dad's uh, podcast crew. Get one going. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we, we, we can get it out there. I don't know if we can call it the Shit Dad table, but we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we can come up with a good name, I think. <laughs> we, uh, look, men can start tables anywhere. And the way to start a table is, first of all, sign up for our, one of our online entrees. So we use a few gourmet terms. So, for instance, David's head chef. So uh, he puts everything together on, on front of house because we play into our different personalities. But we have entrees, which are our, our tasters. An entree is a way of men to, fi- to find out what the men's table is all about. It goes for about 90 minutes. It's online. We do do face-to-face entrees as well, but that's when we have a whole heap of men that we can come and talk to. But the best way is to join us online and go to our website, and find out about our online um, entrees. So, and we have entrees. We have men from right across the country attending those. Sorry, Ben. What's the website for Men's Table? So, yeah, the website is all one word. It's the Men's Table dot org. O R G. The Men's Table dot org. Excellent. Thanks very much, Bruce. Um, I'll just just one from me. As I said, we've we've already had the, the no fixing earlier, but. Um, is there any insights you guys can share? You you have been already, but um, in regards to the research that you've done, um, you know, around that that model of care that you guys have there. Mm. We've done two bits. The model of care was our first to sort of go, how does this work, and what are the men getting out of it? Um, and that that was sort of verifying. Yes, it really helps. Real simple stuff like having guys show up regularly, same same group of men doing it over dinner. 
the no fixing, you know, just making it really clear this is an invitation to talk about what's really going on. So we learned all of that. And then just this week, we've launched a um, another piece of research called From Couch to Community. There it is. Uh, it's on the on the website as well. We looked at there's a real reluctance for men to put their hand up when they feel stuck or troubled. So simple example, less blokes go to the doctor than, than women. Um, you know, mental health, med- medical care plans, men drop out um, after one or two visits. So they don't see it through. So there's a huge number of men who, who pull away from um, services like that. So we were like, you know, what's going on for men? Why are they reluctant? And, and how, how can we help them make it easier? And one of the things we found is a man talking to a man is, a, is just a simple act, but it can really help. The other thing is not all men are, are ready to go, you know, because they are reluctant. But if we stay alongside them, you know, we call it nudges, just staying alongside them, just a, a text, a nudge, a call, hey, no pressure. If you need to talk, if you want to, you know, if you want to check out, do something, uh, you know, and men take their time. So we've got men in our, in sort of in a queue, if you like, six months, 12 months, and then they go, okay, I'm ready now. I'm going to come to this. So uh, there's a few things like that in the, um, in the couch to community, just about how do we recognize that men aren't necessarily jumping up and down ready to go because, again, it's that masculinity thing. They're sort of like, oh, I better sort it out myself. It's fascinating to watch that our biggest supporters are actually women. Like we haven't had one woman who said, this is a bad idea, this is terrible, whereas we do get men who will go, oh, no, not for me, yeah, no, not for me, or and occasionally we'll get guys on the website, oh, you guys are woke, or you guys, you know, blah, 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 and it's just, oh, mate, give it a rest, seriously? (laughs) They're the people that can't scroll past things on Facebook, they just have to have their say. Yeah. This research is called From Couch to Community. So we talk about the man on the couch. So the man who's got stuck on the couch, you know, who's just watching telly, uh, you know, and there was a great quote that we heard very early on. A guy, a guy said, look, I sit on the couch and I watch TV and I listen to my wife organizing her social life. And, you know, and a lot of men go, yeah, kind of been there, done that. That's yeah. actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> everything, everything you guys are sharing, it, it does. You know, they're sitting here hearing it. Um, you know, and as the lad said earlier, you know, I'm I'm still quite new to this this pod. You know, only about ten episodes in, and um, you know what these two boys did, inviting me in as well. It's it felt like yeah, like you know, I come every week and tired and whatever. But as soon as I get here, talking to these lads and. We, because we do touch on so much things and it's not just footy mm. and shit, um, you know, and before we record, after we record, it is. It's just such a thing. It's it's great and it's so it's yeah. it's awesome to see and to, to read about and, and now hearing everything that you guys are doing. Um, I was very excited when Cam, Cam touched base with us saying that you guys were keen. Um, so, yeah, boys, I'm taking so much from it. I appreciate it. As mentioned, uh, we didn't want to uh – Spend too much time, I guess, chatting uh, too late for you guys, and I was a bit late down there. Um, but uh, and I think tonight was also just around, you know, like I said, just obviously we're getting a lot out of it. But um, for any listeners who potentially also just want to um, reach out or, or, or learn more about you guys, just another avenue as well um, to learn about you guys. So Definitely appreciate. It. So we've did, all- I, did I mention the website? 
I, yeah. I can't remember if I did. Yeah, I was just anyway, about to reiterate the yeah, website. <laughs> okay, did you get that? It's themenstable.org. Have a look. Definitely. Are you, are you on the socials, guys? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we've, in fact, our marketing head of marketing, Nicole, she's fabulous. She's a she's a Queenslander. She's up in um, in the Sunshine Coast, um, so she's all over that. Um, one more thing, I'll say a lot a lot of uh, your listeners, younger dads, pretty full on time of life. Uh, you know, barely time to stop stop and scratch yourself, um, and and very little time to invest in yourself or just take that bit of you know time out. Um, and as Ben alluded to really early on in the chat. This can be an insurance policy for down the track. So, you know, we, we definitely would want y- your listeners to go, all right, that's for when I'm in crisis or when I'm a bit older or whatever. Just think about getting a little bit of self-care time in there and having a community of men around you uh, to share the highs and the lows because, you know, it's pretty full on when you've got young kids. And then, you know, one day something changes and, you know, a lot of blokes come to us in their 50s, 40s, you know, I was flat out raising my family, flat out with my career. Suddenly I looked around, I've got no mates, you know, the shit's hitting the fan and I've got no one to talk to. So just think about it as an insurance policy for, you know, look the long term. Awesome. Yeah. Great Definitely. advice, yeah. Now, um, guys, thank you so much for your time tonight. Um, we, I don't want to let you go yet because we always want to do something a little bit more fun. Um, we, we're definitely interested in your shit dad stories. But first of all, we do something with our guests called How Dad Are You? Now, because there's two of you, I want to get both your answers. So I'm going to ask the question and then say your name and it's a quick fire answer. So I'm sure the listeners as um, – Older dads, you'd have um, some – I'm actually expecting big things from this one, so just personally, so no pressure. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll start with you, David. All right, let's go. Number one, do you wear socks and sandals, David? No. Ben? No. Disappointing. Number two, um, do you keep your phone on loud, including the keypad tones, David? No. Ben? No. Oh, you guys are woke. Number three. <laughs> Number three, do you cough to cover your farts, David? Uh, sometimes. Ben? I don't fart. Oh, <laughs> we're getting warmer. Uh, number four, David, do you give your kids the dad eyes or did you give the kids the dad eyes when they're naughty or were naughty? Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Ben? Yeah, totally, 100%. Perfect. Number five, uh, did you? whenever the FPOS isn't working at the shops, I'm, I'm hoping you guys still do this, do you throw out the, oh, well, I guess it's free then, David? I try to not be corny, so probably no. Ben, I know you do for sure. You're English. <laughs> 100%. Yes. <laughs> you nailed it, mate. Well done. Uh, number six, you can do mine next when you see someone mowing their lawn or washing their car. David. Is that what is the question? When, uh, when, someone, when you see somebody mowing the lawn or washing their car, you yell out, you can do mine next. Yeah. Awesome. Ben? No. Oh. Uh, did you enforce the dad tax, David? Sorry, I missed you there, David. Yep. Yep, good, Ben. Totally. Excellent. How good is that? Uh, and number eight, uh, do you use bread to mop up your plate after a roast, David? 
I learned that from my grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> and Ben, I'm not even going to ask you. I know it's true. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) (laughs) number nine do you shout out day for it day for it absolutely anytime the sun comes out david uh no ben no okay that must be a new new age thing uh number (laughs) number 10 oh if i don't get a yes here i'll be so disappointed do you guys turn the radio down whenever you're looking for a street number street address david <laughs> no. Whoa! I bet he does. I bet he does. Ben, do you do that? No. Oh, oh no! A broken heart. That's our um, how daddy you quiz. I don't know, boys. Do you reckon we give him a pass mark? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Too. Not bad. There's some pretty good. <laughs> there, well done, guys. That was great. So they, you make them up every week, or is that a standard set? No, we we do change them every now and then. They've been the standard set for the last two episodes, the guest episodes. But we're going to, um, I think, we need to edit and and just bring in some extra daddage shit daddery. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you have any suggestions, bring them. <laughs> what was that? Sorry, Ben. What is it day for? I've never heard of that. When, like, day for it. Yeah, when the sun's out and you you walk out and I don't know, some someone's going for a run. You go, oh, day for it. <laughs> Uh, well, someone cracks a beer and you're yeah, like, oh, this is an absolute day for day it. For it. <laughs> Wonderful weather up here in Queensland. That's it's nearly every day. day yeah, for every, it. every day is a day, day for it, it up here. <laughs> right. One, one, thing, one thing my son always said to me, he said, when he was a teenager, he said, do not, do not use the words that I use. It's just the worst thing ever. <laughs> like hectic and stuff like that. So embarrassing, Dad. <laughs> yeah. I learned a new one from a 22-year-old the other day, uh, something about dogging your bros. You guys know that one? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you never, never dog, dog the boys. Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. Good. Good. I'll try and get that one in somewhere. <laughs> At your next table. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Next time someone's fixing, that's dogging. Yeah, don't dog the boys. <laughs> Shit, Dad, moment of the Outstanding, and I think the, uh, going off the uh, the facial expressions on Teams meeting here, uh, the boys liked that as well. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, we have our shit dad moment of the week. Um, David has some absolute belters for us. We heard Ben's cracker at the start. Let's finish it off with David. So uh, our son was about 15 months old, and uh, we thought, "Oh, we'll go across to this new beach in Sydney. We haven't been to Balmoral." So off we went, had a nice afternoon, a couple of hours. Toward the end, I think he'd already dirtied his nappy or something, and then it was like, "Well, he's just on the beach, and let's let him run around." So, um, heading about to pack up, and my wife goes, "Oh, you better, we better put a nappy on him." Nah, he'll be all right. We'll just walk back to the car like this. So. We're on the footpath, and Balmoral, for anyone's not in Sydney, is a pretty hoity-toity kind of uh, place. So we're about halfway to the car, and he just a, sort of a, a slight squat of the knees, just a little bend of the knees, and next <laughs> thing, he stopped. Next thing, he's just dropped a big cable out onto the footpath like oh. a dog. <laughs> <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> I don't have any sort of anything to pick it up with. I'm sort of standing over this thing, and I look up. And there's this very posh couple walking past the locals, you know, looking down their nose at me going, oh, disgusting. (laughs) I would have asked them if they had anything to pick this up with. (laughs) Or just started flicking it off the the pathway with a stick. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> nice, thank you. <laughs> I heard rumblings of a second poo story, David. <laughs> oh, look, the other one was a ripper too. We we uh, we visited these people who'd never been into their house before, been in there for about 15 minutes. Um, uh, we, they were like friends of friends. I'll go and visit these people when you're in the Barossa Valley. Uh, 15 minutes in and he's, he's uh, same son uh, again has done something in his nappy so I better change him well, I'll, we'll set up the, the change table and she she set it up for us in the hallway and it's all carpet everywhere uh, and they're back in the kitchen so I'm on my own and I've got his two legs you know pulled him up and it was like the a, a super powered Mr. Whippy machine like it the oh. jet of poo shot straight over my shoulder, like literally like a fountain. Oh. And it goes splodge, and it lands right in the corner between the carpet and the skirting board. Oh. Where there's no way you're going to get, no way you're going to get it out. Oh, that's and it. And I'm like, think of this house. I don't know these people. I've got to clean this. I've <laughs> got his legs in the air. I'm looking at this poo on the carpet. <laughs> it's an epic moment. Oh man, that's huge! The, uh, my personal favourite was the Mister Whippy part. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> the descriptions. Yeah, you should write some stories. That's it, eh? Does, uh, does anybody else have any shit dattery they'd like to share this week? Uh, mine this week was just a funny little one. So we got um, my son Isaac as well. Got him some new um, pajamas, and they got my daughter some. They had rabbits on, and then my son's one had um, boxes on them. Um, and he's still like he's starting to speak fairly well, but they're still you know not, not the greatest. And we were getting, I was getting him excited about, oh wow, there's a fox on your on your pajamas. How awesome is that? And he was he was so excited. He was kept running up uh, into the kitchen and back into the lounge room, yelling fox. But he can't say it properly. He just says fox, fox, fox. fox. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife and I were just kissing us. <laughs> Oh, that's good. No, I just mine's just come off a little bit of um, our kids mirroring you, and um, you know, like I, I give it to the missus and say, oh, "Too many veggies on my plate," or "Nah, nah I don't need any more fruit." And so the young, almost three-year-old, sat there the other day and said, "No, nah, I've already eaten rock melon today. I don't need an apple." So, yeah, just <laughs> just mirroring me. It's like oh, it's good. That's it. You can take your healthy food, Dad, and yeah. shove it. Can I have some of those twisties that you talk about so often? <laughs> <laughs> yeah good now uh this week my shit dad moment um started as a good dad moment um letting the kids be kids and be, after the big wet in queensland which evidently moved down to new south wales towards you guys um we everything in my backyard was full of water and my wheelbarrow which i thought was up against the wall wasn't up against the wall and it had some um some dirt in it Long story short, there was a mud bath there. Let the two youngest of my three just um, out in the backyard, like thought nothing of it. I was like, oh, they're, they're having, having fun running around. And then wife looks out the window and she goes, why is she naked? And I was like, oh, no. And then she's like, oh, he's wet. And I was like, oh, no, what's happened here? I've gone around the side and they're both butt ass naked sitting in the wheelbarrow full of muddy water and I was like brilliant my favorite part about that was I didn't get angry so I was like this is awesome these kids have been kids I would have done the exact same thing at that age how good is this and then the shit daddery came when I was trying to get my third boy to come outside strip off his clothes and jump in there so I could get a photo (laughs) and he just he didn't want to get wet and I was like just Get in 
the bar. You don't even have to take your clothes off. Just get in the get in the wheelbarrow. I want to get a good photo. And I was like, oh no. All right, this is turning shit dattery. Let's uh let's wind it back a bit. That's all right, mate. You don't have to do that. That's all right. But yeah, I just thought it was so fun. Like just the kids just wanted to get filthy dirty, and then had even more fun when I um, smashed them with the hose to clean off. So brilliant. How good. Brilliant. Good time. What about yourself, Ben? Any uh, any other shit dattery? Oh, um, only when he was a bit older, I think. We, you know, when you, your boys get to a certain stage where you, you don't want to mess with them anymore, and um, so he, he got quite big and strong, and he whacked me on the arm, and I was like, "Oh man, that hurts so much!" And I had my briefcase from work with me, and I, I just went, the blood went to my head, and I just threw my briefcase at him completely <laughs> like and the thing is all the zips and everything was open and like it hit him and then it, the briefcase kind of stopped in midair as it hit him and everything fell out of my briefcase onto the floor like the pens and the paper and all that and we just looked at each other and, he, and i just said like yeah we're not going to rumble ever again you've won this <laughs> round son <laughs> lucky son <laughs> Well, you guys are firmly, firmly well involved in the shit daddery. You know what it's all about. You know what we're all about, and we really appreciate you uh, getting involved with us as well. No, great job, fellas. Love it. Awesome. Thanks yeah, again, well guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, look, um, David, Ben, guys, thanks again so much for dialing in with us. Uh, we know it's late down there for you both. Um, sharing your story about the men's table, where it started. Um, where you hope it's going to continue going because um, I see big future, um, you know, for it. So, um, again, thanks very much for sharing to, for us, our shit dad listeners. Um, and for those listeners out there, don't forget the men's table, or one word, dot org. Get onto it. Contact these lads. They're top. Nice. Any lasting words of wisdom, gents? Love your work. I think you've done an excellent job. I really, you know, it's such a, a – an important time in life for men, you know, childbirth and, and becoming a dad. And um, men often get overlooked at that period of time. So really important work. You're doing well done. You, you, do, you do it with a lot of fun as well. Really important. Well done. Uh, for me, I'll, I'll, I'll say one more thing. It took us a long time, but don't underestimate a regular date night where you get away from the kids and you just hang out with your miss. This is so um, it's, it's so important to keep that connection. Excellent. Thanks so much for that. That seems to be a common thread and we're <laughs> going to keep on to it. We'll keep harping it too. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, listeners, what a show. Uh, ben and David from The Men's Table. Um, if you want to hear some more or get some more info, just uh, give them a bit more of a plug, themenstable.org. Um, they were great to hear their story. So unbelievable. So um, we don't say this enough, um, but well, I don't say this enough. Sorry, boys. That um, Yeah, speak for yourself. It is actually, yeah, well, it is actually this time that we record and we actually chat to each other um, each week that it's actually a big part of my mental wellness. Um, you know, like I've let the physical side of it drop off, but I know each week um, – Coming to chat to you boys, with you boys, just having a laugh, a joke, touching the serious stuff too. 
it's actually it's my my number one thing at the moment too. So, nice, Camo, Nick, cheers, boys, for for being there and you know looking after me. Love you, mate, bud. Um, and as our right focus, thanks, mate. And as as our focus of mental wealth wellness month is coming to an end, um, it doesn't mean that you can't stump, start something for yourself. It's never too late to start something good for you, the missus, the partner, or the kids. And you know what, boys? Why not start looking after yourself by using that ridiculous smashing fibre code again? Uh, you know, for our shit dad listeners. <laughs> Join the shit daddery. <laughs> free shit for in the, you know, in the promo code, free shit, one word for buy one, get one free. How good is that? Oh, it's unbelievable. How's the fire starter tea going, Cam? Uh, it's good. It's now. I've like <laughs> lost. It's just enough. A kilo or two to make it, uh, you know, nice and nice. Nice. I must say, my uh, my SF Shawats are superstars. Oh, how good are they? I wish I could go buy one, get one free of them. But the everything Smashing yeah. Fibers do is limited edition, so you've just got to wait for the next thing to come out and hope you love it just as much. Which there's a good chance you will, because yeah, everything we've got so far has been top notch. Was I loaded up after our last show? Like I'll just, what did I pick up? Why wouldn't you? Seventy five percent off, and Is we're not going to say the promo code no, because it's uh, you have <laughs> to go it. listen to the last two episodes. But it's um, what do I get? Three shirts and a pair of shorts. The the urbans that we were talking about. Um, fifty bucks delivered. Insane. Unreal. So smashing fibers. Thanks very much, boys. Awesome. Now, uh, Cam, do you have any lasting words of wisdom, my friend? Uh, just one of the things that resonated with me most tonight about that chat. Or there were a lot of things, but I think. Um, um, hearing hearing uh, Ben kind of Ben and David chat around this idea of your kids uh, being mirrors, mm. you know, and and mirroring you, and uh, it's easy to get caught up sometimes in just the day to day and all that. But you know, we always talk about the fact that they they're always watching, they're always listening. The fact that they can even mimic some of those words or what have you. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Another thing that I got really got out of that chat was um, the no fixing thing. Mm. I think I'm going to just take that into everyday life now because you do. You catch yourself trying to find that pause in someone's talking and to, like just to say what you want to say and you're like, that is not okay. You need to be listening 100% and I'm guilty of it constantly. So no fixing is a thing of the future. Get on board, not only with people, with your kids as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's important. Like they touched on it too, you know, like as in um, it's important for us to look after ourselves and each other and it starts with that one individual, you know, and then it can, you know, grow into a community. So, yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Now, uh, in the week ahead, guys, be the safety net for your kids, not the loaded gun. Hide when they're annoying but still have some fun. Work on your dad bod. Don't be an angry sod. And when the shit hits the fan, be there for them. Don't run for the kids.